I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lost Words DraftKings podcast. I'm joined as ever by Matt Vincenzi. Matt, hello. Hey, how's it going? Not a bad week last week for us, but uh, you know, what are you going to do when when Tom King gains 13 strokes putting? Yeah, I mean, look, it was a it was a really impressive performance from someone that has been teetering on this for a little while now. Um, I mean, it was a guy that we were trying to sort of take at the Saudi event earlier in the year. Um, you know, he's been there, like he's been doing it on the Asian Tour, and it was one of those ones where, like, do you believe that he can do it straight away on the PGA Tour? And he basically has. Um, I thought it was going to be one week too many. Um, I was wrong. Um, I had a couple of people in the mix. It was it was fine. Um, just wasn't my week. And same with basically the last couple of weeks. I've had a run of seconds now uh, in terms of betting. Um, but DraftKings has been pretty solid. I mean, I've been pretty happy with the teams and, and the players have been putting in. It's just the one guy that seems to be letting me down each week. Yeah, um, like you, I've had three seconds in two weeks, Pendrith and Young last week, and then um, this week, Sungjae. And yeah. I, I, I thought Sungjae was going to win up until, you know, the fourth or fifth hole on, on, in the final round there when all of a sudden just Kim would not miss a putt and him missed two shorties, but it is what it is. Um, so, yeah, good for him. He's obviously, a, you know, he's charismatic, and, you know, it wasn't a great tee to green performance, but it was good enough, and, you came third, and we knew going into it that Wyndham could become a putting contest. So that is what it is. Yeah, it's just, I mean, he did what he needed to do, right? And he was strong enough. Like, he was, I think he was like 33rd tee to green, and he's probably a little bit better than that uh, on approach, I'd have thought. Yeah, 12th on approach. So he was pretty good. Like, I, I liked what I saw from him. Interested to see how he goes now. Um, straight back into it. I think, again, there's, there's a certain fatigue issue, the fact that you've kind of, taking advantage of this decent run and the wins happen like does that boil in we don't know but he's on the preface of being like a top 20 player in the world soon so um you know it's it's gonna be interesting Sungjae was a little bit disappointing got off to a slow start right before that eagle and five um and then just made too many bogeys when you're chasing the, the Wyndham championship but i think he probably just needs to get too aggressive and out of his comfort zone with what kim had done on the front nine yeah and he just didn't putt i mean he had his best ball striking day of the week on on Sunday, but he lost a couple strokes spotting, you know, missed two four footers. You can't do that when you're trying to win the Wyndham, you know, just ask Russell Henley, right? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, but you know, overall, I was impressed with his performance. He looked really, really good again, um, for a second consecutive start. And DraftKings, I think we had a pretty good week. I mean, I definitely did without having the winner. There's only so much you can do, but I cashed again. I've had a really nice stretch of the last three or four weeks from cashing pretty much every week. Um, the low plays were hitting. You know, you liked him more a lot. I ended up playing him. Um, I played a little Kiradesh after our yeah. conversation towards the end. So that was good. When I, when I saw him on the leaderboard, all I could think about was a conversation we had about him being just fat. And, but it, was just, <laughs> it was just amazing. And there was someone else I remember being up there who we we pointing out from the bottom. I was trying to think of, of who it was. I mean, Lipsky was up there during the start of the final round, wasn't he? Uh, and Yannick Paul yeah. as well. But they didn't they didn't do enough to kind of, to you know, make wins out of the thought, but they definitely got you through the cut line and and deal. It's a Dirt McGurt unfortunately did not make the cut. Um, no, but you know, not. happily married. So what's the what's the difference, <laughs> eh? See, um, he wins anyway. Exactly, we're all winners here. Uh, 
William. So let's go into the St. Jude Championship, uh, the FedEx St. Jude Championship. It's had about 400 different names here. Uh, a lot of the event history and course history you're seeing on different sites and things will be leading into the Northern Trust, will be leading into um, different events. So just be careful on that is what I would say. Um, I just looked at the course form basically going all the way back to the FedEx and Jude Classic and things like that as well. So today I think really, like not so much when I was doing the betting picks, but like today it feels like this is a real moment where I've noticed the absence of some of the top players, right? Like you've had Abraham Anser win here, um, you have Brooks Kepka win here. Like it does now feel like we're missing those guys a little bit um, in this event. Hasn't necessarily affected how I feel about the event, so maybe that's a, a sign for something. But yeah, it just it just seemed like it was a bit noticeable noticeable this time when I was looking at the DraftKings board. Yeah, I mean, if you look at who has the most FedEx Cup um, victories since its inception, yeah. I think DJ is second to Tiger Woods. Yeah, uh, Rory's up there too, and then Brooks has has a uh, has one, and so yeah, I mean, they're definitely missed from this. I and thinking back, I bet Brooks and DJ here last year. It didn't go that well, but looking no. at I looking at my last year's preview, I always look at it to see where I can change and. Um, stats I want to change and whatnot, and I was like, oh, I bet Brooks and DJ, now both of them are gone. Yeah. So, they were relevant, I mean. WGC at the time last year, so I think that was probably the time when we were trying to get a couple of guys in uh, at big numbers. I probably thought that Kepka and DJ were decent numbers last year. I can't remember mm -hmm. exactly um, what they were, but that would explain that. But for the first time in a little while, we've got a decent... Uh, Selection of players above the 10k range. We've got Rory at 11k, Sheffler at 10.8, Xander Shuffle 10.6, Cameron Smith 10.5, Patrick Cantley 10.3, Justin Thomas 10.2, John Rahm 10. Uh, now, the rumours have been circling about Cameron Smith for a long time. They're now basically come out thanks to Cameron Percy confirming that he has gone. Uh, it's not a surprise to me, I don't think it's a surprise to you that he is officially going. Um, but originally, before that kind of news broke up, not that I don't think he was going to be the one that was distracted from the decision because I think he's just won a major championship knowing that he was on his way out. But I think now that he's going to get the questions, now he's going to be his public knowledge, that might just affect him a little bit. But before that, like last night, I thought he was probably my favorite guy at the top here. Yeah, it's funny. I felt almost the same way. Um, I was going to, I was thinking even about betting him because I thought the number was pretty fair. I saw a couple of 20s out there. But yeah, now this is out. We've seen these other guys, it, it really hasn't. They haven't done well after all the rumors have gotten out. Um, you know, before obviously nobody knew, so it wasn't really affecting him. But I think at this point, it'd be tough to see. You know, he's gonna be he's gonna be facing all these questions for the first time. Yeah. Whereas everyone else, you know, they had three or four times where they played where they had to face those questions. This is just the beginning for him. So, you know, with so many other good players up here, I think I'm gonna have to probably probably pass on him. I think the the way he did address it very early on at the Open suggest that that maybe he's going to get a bit frustrated with the questioning and things like that um we, we just don't know i mean in terms of pure skill set in terms of course form he's been a 36 hole lead uh 36 hole he's been second place and he's been second place after 54 holes on separate occasions as well so he's got a great course great course form great course fit i think um and he's got 12th and fifth place finishes in the last three years so if you just want to take the player and, and the skill set, I think he's the one. If you want to include those uh, variables, then uh, certainly a conversation to have. So then my attention turned uh, to Cantley, and I, I 
I don't normally do that. Um, but if anyone that's been kind of looking at the the new OWGR website, I'm pretty sure they've got a new ranking where it's like strokes gained world rating. And uh, Patrick Cantlay is second in that, so Rory McIlroy at the moment. So he's fourth best blanks player in the world um, and second on the strokes gained metric. So not that I'm basing my decision on that because he's got good course form. He's got um, good sort of correlative form as well. Like he's 12th, 35th and 23rd here. Nothing to shout about, but he was second after the 36 holes in 2019. Um, you know, and he, and he played pretty solidly the other two years. So I think he's got enough in him to put in a good good run here. Yeah, I, I like Cantley a lot. He's probably one of my favorites up top here. Um, I don't know exactly what I'm going to be doing because I do like a lot of guys in that nine range. And I could be to make a little bit different starting at somebody uh, in the high nines. But, you know, I think you can play anybody up here, really. And there's there's not incredible amount of ownership concerns because it's so spread out because we have so many guys up there. Like, I don't think anyone's going to get out of control in terms of ownership. I think it's just pick whoever you want to pick. Um, and I, I'm, I agree. I like Cantley better than better than these other guys. Um, Rory obviously could be great, um, but you know his course form is good, and I'm not nothing special. Sheffield feels like a really good course for, um, and Xander feels like a good course for too, just because he puts the ball in the fairway, and he seems like he's gotten the monkey off his back as well. So very tough to differentiate up here. Would you then just do it based on ownership? Like Patrick County's ownership looks pretty low at the moment compared to the other guys, and I don't know what. What was Cameron Smith? He was even lower, right? And that's probably going to go down again based on this news. Like, if you wanted to get a little bit different, I'd probably play those two guys just because I think the skill set uh, lends itself to having a good week. Yeah, me too. Uh, my whole plan was this week I was going to try to let it go as long as, like, I wasn't even going to look at this until we started the show because I don't want to get any early um, misconceptions in case it changed. But at the top, I was going to play strictly ownership only because... I don't. I think it's very tough to differentiate, and I want to. And I'll get the guy who no one else is playing. Yeah. Now the fact that it's Smith makes it a little more difficult, and I think Cantley is just a little bit above him. So yeah, I think that's probably where I would naturally go. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but like you say, I think rather than going one by one on their chances, I think they've all got a great opportunity here. Um, JT's form has been up and down, but I think it's a, it's a really good layout for him, uh, and probably the same for John Rahm as well. High nines then. So you've got Finau and Fitzpatrick, who I've found really, really hard to separate in terms of betting. Um, I actually went to Finau in the end again, and it's really hard to see three wins in a row. I know what that would entail, and I know, you know, you look at the course form, his isn't actually as good as Fitz. I mean, Fitz has been fourth and sixth here, and he's been a, a I think he was a first round leader or a 36 hole leader at one point. Um, but I just believe so much in Fina right now. Like I just the, the tee screen is just absolutely insane. It has been for basically the whole season. It's not like it's just come out of the blue. Um, it, it's been there all year, and it's just been bubbling under until a, a really big breakout. I suppose the little bit of discount ownership on in Fitzpatrick maybe leans towards there, just because I think Fina was a little bit more volatile at this stage, coming off two wins. But Fitz's ball striking numbers have gone a little bit backwards. Yeah, so it's funny. I, I kind of um, not in this exact same situation, but I ended up betting Fitz at twenty-two to one. Yeah, I thought him at twenty-two to one. We saw these other guys at sixteen, eighteen. I think I think he has just a good chance to win. So he was kind of the guy that I think you're getting the the elite talent at, you know, a little bit discounted price, both betting and DraftKings wise. So I might even start my lunch with him. I haven't decided that yet, but you know, it's funny. The place if he didn't break out at the U.S. Open. I think everyone would be saying this is the spot where he breaks out because it's such a good yeah. good course for him. And I still feel the same way. I mean, we've seen in the past guys who win these FedEx Cup playoffs events are guys who have had the best seasons. 
he's third in strokes gain total since the since January 1st, right? This season, he's this, probably the third best player in terms of stroke gain, like you said. And I think the fact that he won the U.S. Open doesn't make him less likely to win this. It makes him more likely to win. He got the monkey off his back. And then he had a couple events um, in between where he played well, but, you know, nothing great. But now I think he kind of recharged and reset, and he's, you know, off of that win. And I think he's ready to kind of go back and do it again. Yeah, I think you've really got to go back to Chris Kirk in 2014, Heath Slocum in 2009, for like a real surprise winner of a of a FedEx playoff event. Like, just for, let's just go for the last three years, like Finau, Cantley, Cantley last year, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, 2019, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas, Roy McIlroy, and then 2018, Bryson, Bryson, Keegan, Tiger Woods. Like, there doesn't seem to be that many surprises. I mean, you do get the odd... Like, it might be a surprising elite player, like a leashman popping up is a bit of a surprise every now and then. Uh, Billy Horschel going sort of back-to-back in that run uh, in 2014. Maybe 2014 was a really quirky, like Hunter Mayhan, Chris Kirk, twice Billy Horschel. Like, I guess maybe that year was a little bit different. But to be honest, when the best players are on form, like you say, I think they do kind of take advantage of these events. Yeah, and I think, you know, we can get kind of cute trying to put in the guys who, you know, maybe a course fit or you're getting good value on, like, the FedEx Cup really hasn't been that, especially lately. It's been the best players that season, right? People are trying to—I feel like people are trying to jump GM Morikawa in there because it's a good number. He hasn't been the best player this season. Rom, good number, twenty to one. I get it, ten K, probably low owned. He hasn't been good this season. No one just—it's very rare for somebody to go to the FedEx Cup playoffs and just turn it on. It just doesn't happen like that. So I want guys who are playing well. Um, you can say it about Xander. You can say it about uh, Cantlay. You know, Shuffler, Fitz. Those are the guys who I'm kind of looking at. I think, I think the only the only counterpoint I'd have to that is it feels like this is possibly the easiest course we may have ever seen on the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah, besides that, uh, when JT at the BMW a couple of years ago went crazy, right? At, yeah, like 20, 26 under, I think. Um, yeah, and I, I, yeah, it is not, not only is it the easiest, but it's also the one where different skill sets can be successful, right? right? You don't have to be the bomber. You don't have, so I do think that lends itself to some other guys, but I still think there's a, there's a limit to that. Um, it goes to a certain point. Like I still think it'd be the top 25 in the world. Yeah. I, I think in terms of just pure winning upside, I think below the, I guess you could probably go down to 8k before you start to really question it. Maybe Tyrrell Hatton as far as 7-8 could be someone that I'd maybe include in the mix, but I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily pick him, um, but of interest maybe. So um, what do we make about the Will Zalatoris caddy split mid-tournament? I think long-term it's a great thing, I just don't know short-term. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to make of it. I feel like some guys have done well right after firing their caddy. I don't know if it's been directly after. I know you probably have better insight that to me, but I feel like a couple times this year or the last couple of years. So Svensson and um, Scotty Scheffler both kind of come to life when Ted Scott come on the bag. But I think when you look at who has come on the bag for Zalatoris, I don't really know the name. I can't even remember it to, off my hand now. Um, but it's not it's not a permanent change. So I think it's a little bit of uh, a shotgun kind of decision, which worries me a little bit for him. The only thing I would say is that if he used to rely on his caddy on the greens a bit, um, probably good these get rid of him because he did not help him. Um, so interesting, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still not. I'm kind of been off on Zalatoris for a little while now. I'm going to remain off on him. Um, I know he was eighth here last year, and I know that was his first performance, but. 
I'd rather go to Cameron Young or, you know, in that range. Yeah, I like Zalatoris a lot better than Young. And I've been off with you. Neither of us have touched him in a long time, and it's worked out very well for us. I've been looking at this as a spot to jump back on just because I think the ball striking tee to green is way more important here. Like, we, we you know, we both agreed last week that if you're going to play Zalatoris, and people did, or bet him, you're not going to do it at a place where it's, it's wedges and putting. That's not a skill of his game. You can use a mid-iron here. Uh, tee to green excellence has been rewarded. Ball striking has been rewarded. You don't have to necessarily. I know everyone's been talking about how JT won this event while losing strokes putting. So I think Zalatoris is a guy who can ball strike his way to contention. He tends to rise to the top on these bit bigger field events, like these stronger events he, he plays better at. So I think this, for me, is the time to jump back on. So the ownership doesn't bother you too much? No, because I... I think the ownership has been hitting a lot, especially towards the top. Like Sungjae was 24% last last week, and he you needed Sungjae pretty much if you you know unless you had Kim and the other right combination. But um, I think you can just find different ways. Like last week, I think I had four guys who were relatively popular, then two guys less than one percent, and I I had a chance to win if I if uh, if Sungjae won and, and a couple of things went my way. So I think he's not too popular for me to play, um, but I, I will try to. You know, I, I might, if I start Fitz Zell, I think that makes me unique enough at the beginning. Yeah, so that was that was the, exactly what I was going to say. Like going back to your earlier point, like you could start with Fitzpatrick and Zalatoris, and then that kind of frees you up. I mean, I've put Sung Jae in there, uh, I've put Seamus Power in there, who we'll come on to in a minute, and then I've just put a couple of guys for argument's sake in Alex Noren and Ches Revi in there, just as people that, to kind of fill that lineup. That leaves three hundred dollars on the table. So, um, not to say that they'd necessarily be people I'm picking, but you know they're it shows you what you can do with that kind of build i think and it's, and it's what i will be doing so there we go um let's go um, a little bit further what do we think of like jordan spieth i like speed this week he's tee to green he's been great and his problem's been the putter and we if we're looking for guys who can get away with not putting that well he was great at the he was i think he led tee to green at the open uh, let's have a look if i if I'm not mistaken, he was, I mean, he was good. He just couldn't make a putt. And that's kind of been the story of his year, but he's looking like he's going to be lower owned. And, um, you know, I know I said, I know you said you like Cam Young, but I don't think Young's iron play has been good enough lately. His iron play has been off. His T screen game has been high, but obviously heavily charged by the t- off the tail. I think Speed was top six in the open championship for T screen, but that was plenty good enough. I mean, he's been top 10 player in terms of T screen, uh, over the last kind of 15 weeks or so. And, you look at kind of like the last five starts has been sixth, seventh, and fourth uh, in those starts as well. So seems to be doing it well. Uh, T screen, which is nice. I, I just not kind of inspired by what he's done in terms of course here. But you know, two twelfth place finishes are pretty good. Uh, it just feels like he's never kind of shot that low round here, which I think for someone like him is kind of standout. Like he finished twelfth here, and that was the best position on debut. Uh, in the final round and, and it was the same again last year he did shoot a 63 actually saturday last year so maybe that that's a little bit harsh on him but just feels like he's a little bit bereft of lower numbers here yeah i i uh i think he could be like i don't like him to win but i do think he could be a good play like i don't really think he has much less of a chance to contend as xander or jt uh or rom this week right and you're getting kind of a big discount he seems pretty cheap uh, considering what he's been doing so he's definitely probably one of the guys in here that i will go to uh after after fits i'm not particularly interested in, in hovland although i did think about it what do you think about him so that was the next person i was naturally going to come on to but like 
some of the talk was around kind of Mycoba and Sony Open and things like that as being like cause correlations. And if you know if it's the Mycoba, then that's great for Victor Hovland, right? And I think does he take a ton of confidence from what he did at the Open, or has it bothered him like that he couldn't kind of see it out as he's known to in the past? Now, I still have my doubts about what level of events he can win regularly. Like I, I don't have a doubt that he can win a major or win a, a you know at this kind of level, but like everyone was kind of ticking him off straight away as like a major winner because he'd win these, won these like three or four events in a row um, or, you know, in a short space of time. But they're all in pretty lower grades. Um, in terms of course, I think it's a pretty good one. I do think it's a good one. My issue here is I feel like the Open was a bit of a mirage. He gained eight strokes short game, four around the green, four putting. And his he only gained two on approach. And then on Sunday, you know, the the – you know, the prince has turned back into a pumpkin a little bit, and you saw what he's been doing for the past couple of months and why he's been struggling. Right prior to the Open, he went, he was 41st, 21st, 51st, miscut, miscut, and then he gains eight strokes around the green and putting, and not, all of a sudden he's in contention. Like, do, are we sure that he's playing well, or is it, or was it just the, you know, you know what I mean? I, th- I think, I think the thing is with links, it covers up a lot. Like, I think if you can get some good bounces, you can, you can play in good conditions or, or whatever. I mean, there wasn't like a huge wave split or anything like that, but there, there was one. Um, and I just think, yeah, I think he probably took advantage of good bounces. Some, you know, I just, I just, it's just such a different way of playing golf that I think it can. It's a little bit like if, if you used it in the opposite scale, like a couple of people that have missed cuts or had bad weeks recently in, in Scotland and the Open Championship, I'd kind of give them a, a second look because I don't necessarily think it's a fair representation of how they're playing. Yeah, I, I agree. Just a, a little side note here. I got some some breaking news. Ricky and his caddy just split. So that's, that's more of the caddy talk. Uh, so that would be probably a live thing? Yeah, it could be. Could I, be that. Or, I, I would yeah. say so. I can't see any other reason for those two guys splitting other than a desperation Hail Mary from Ricky to try and find something. But that doesn't seem to be the problem. Um, so, yeah, I think that might be, that could be a live thing. I love Sung Jay. I don't care how high only he's going to be. Like, I think he's absolutely perfect um, for this week. Like, he's had some really good rounds here. When you look at his course form, he's had two starts, uh, 35th and 46th. But in the debut appearance, he was inside the top 10 for the first three rounds. Yeah, I, I also bet Sung Jay. And, um, you know, not surprising. He's, if you take off the disappointment from the Sunday and then you look at it in a, you know, more of a macro view, He's back-to-back second-place finishes. He's gaining a bunch of strokes ball striking. Um, 3M was the best ball striking week of his career, and then last week he followed it up, um, and it was it was very good. So, like I agree with you, course fit. He's shown some some kind of hidden course form here. Um, power 70 Bermuda. You know what else do you want? Yeah, and I, ju- I just I just love the fact that like the th- on the debut first few rounds inside the top 10 third round last year was his best performance coming back over from the olympics i don't think it was a secret of how much he struggled around that olympic time i think he put a lot of stock into that and it was no surprise to see him kind of kick back on after that was out of the way like you i don't really like morikawa sam burns i'm finding it harder to decide what to do with um you know he obviously played well here last year uh, losing in a playoff and shot two rounds of 64 and opening 66 like he would be the one i think that if you're going to apply that theory i just said like two pretty poor weeks um in open championship and scottish open like we can probably discount that especially when he shot a final round 64 at the open 
Yeah, um, I'm going to be out on him. Uh, he's he's going to be probably the most popular guy in this range, him and Sungjae both, but I just definitely prefer Sungjae, and you can't play both. Um, and I just think he's been bad, right? He's 27th U.S. Open, missed the cut of the Traveler, 66 at the Scottish, 42nd at the Open. He just hasn't been playing very well. Um, when he does play well, it's because he gains a bunch of strokes putting, like we saw at when he won the Charles Schwab. But since then, uh, really hasn't been anything great. Um so, and if you look at last year, it was a lot with the putter too. And I and I know with Sam Burns on Bermuda, that's okay. I mean, maybe he does gain eight strokes putting and win, but I'm not going to rely on that. Um, and I also, you know, I don't trust his driver lately. I feel like it's kind of abandoned him a bit in terms of accuracy, and I think you need to be accurate here. So I'll I'll let everyone else play him. So the first person I wrote down before all the odds came out and somehow I managed to change my mind was Billy Horschel. Um, the, the ball striking hasn't been what you'd hope it would be uh, to kind of really hone in on him. But his course form is, you know, absolutely electric. Like 9th, 25th, 17th since he's been at WGC, but four top 10s uh, before that. So I really like what he's done at this golf course. I like the fact that he keeps making cuts even when he's not playing his best stuff. Um, I think he could be a decent uh, option here at 8-2. And then I have no interest in Matsuyama or Lowry, probably not in Neiman either. I did look at Neiman thinking he could probably do something here but i've decided against it so then it's just whether Jiyong kim can back up what he done last week folks sweaty sack summer is approaching and it's now time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch that's why the king of crotch comfort manscaped has spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there now i've had the honor of testing out these new boxers and i can say it's the softest fabric of any underwear i've ever owned it's so breathable that it's like gills for your groin. They even trademark the jewel pouch so you know it's serious. I think it's time for you to invest into your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off and free shipping by using the code LFW20 at Manscaped. Let's say you're on a date and your partner catches that Manscaped on the waistband of your underwear, it's almost a guarantee to raise some eyebrows and act like a billboard on a highway to Pleasure Town. The micro model fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. Walk, run or strut, these moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce the chafing. And the front fly opening gives easy access and makes bath and breaks quick and efficient. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code LFW20 at manscaped.com. And that's 20% off and free shipping with LFW20 at manscaped.com. So once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you will never go back. Yeah, um, first on um, Billy, I like Billy. I like Billy too. And, you know, I sometimes, and I said last week I, I didn't like him and I faded him because of the stats that ended up working out. But... You know, with Billy, you, you really can't rely too much on stats because he's such a course fit guy. He's such a player who goes to the same places and plays well, right? He he won the Memorial Sandwich between three missed cuts. Uh, so it's tough. You can't really just rely just on that. And I like the, his course. You know what else I noticed too? It seems to be like more of a um, Florida connection with this with this course. The guys who play well on here. You look at um, you know Sungjae, who I who I like here. Horschel's been good here. Uh, Brooks has won here and almost won twice, and he tends to play his best golf in Florida. Um, Tommy Fleetwood's played good here; he plays good in Florida. So I, I, I like that aspect too. And Billy is another, you know, another guy that's that's right in that uh, fits that mold as well. So I'm definitely gonna be playing Billy. Yep. Um, Neiman, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on Neiman. Uh, and Decky, just you know, he's he's the guy who no one plays. He can go, you know, go out and win this thing. He is one of those guys, but it's definitely incredibly risky. 
yeah, I just I don't want to take the chance. I've tried playing Hideki in in kind of low ownership spots in good betting weeks, and it's just it's just not works out. And I'm I'm kind of done with that kind of uh, experiment for now. Um, I think he's definitely getting involved in this live thing, and I think that's kind of got to him. I think it's shown. Um, so I think that pretty much sums up the 8k range um I, I don't think there's anything too much to talk about on there i, I Jiyong kim's record after a win on the asian tour and the asian development tour and things that have been absolutely outstanding um so i do believe that he can come back and play well again um we haven't really got an idea of whether he suits this type of golf course or not because we haven't been playing them recently um to know that so it would be interesting to see this week and then going into next year with Sony Opens and Mayakobas and things like that, just how he copes with those. Yeah, I, I I think that's definitely true. I'm a little skeptical of him, and I was last week too, so I mean, take that for what it's worth, but I'm definitely going to be avoiding him. Um, I was also looking at Data Golf. They have a, a course suitability ranking and how similar the courses are to each other. Um, and there's a couple of courses I thought were interesting that popped up for uh, similarity here, but I was, I was funny, I was looking at the other end, and Wyndham was like complete opposite end of the spectrum of where this was. So I think we might have to be a little bit careful about um, guys who played well last week thinking they're going to play play well this week. One, for that, and two, because of how strong this field is. It seems weird, though, that they're not... Like, there's been some crossover with the type of players that have played well, but maybe it's just those are really strong players in a weaker field at Wyndham uh, more than anything else, more than the course fit. Um, it's going to be incredibly warm here. This week is something that I think always kind of stands out in a in the uh, Memphis area, so that may be one thing to kind of consider if that affects any players. Seven K range I think is is really interesting. I'm not interested in Homer. Are you? No. No, that's cool. What about Tyrrell? Um, I I actually bet him this morning at fifty five to one because uh, I wanted to add somebody and I thought this is the range. This is like the limit of where you think you need to be to win, uh, and I think. Patton's kind of that last guy who could I could actually see winning. Is it likely? Probably not. But I think he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he tends, you know, I think he, when he tends to play well, he stays kind of hot for a little bit. He gained 5.3 strokes in approach last week, uh, and he's 11th at the Open. And you know, I was I was a little bit uh, skeptical last week because him playing well at the Open is no surprise. It doesn't mean he's going to translate it to the PGA Tour. But the fact yeah. that he last week last week played well again, and now we're going to a course I mentioned the Florida connection. He's won API. I think. This is a good course for him. He was in contention. If I don't, if I, you know, if I remember it correctly, I think he was um, in the top five going into Sunday before he shot a, a you know, a 74 or something on Sunday last year. He was 11th um, going into the final round and shot a 73. So it wouldn't have been far off that. It would have been probably a shot off of being inside the top five. Um, and you're only a shot yeah, off so the I final like round. Yeah. So your memory is a lot better than mine. I think he's a really good pivot off of Russell Henley, who's going to be really highly owned. I like both of them, to be honest with you. I, th- I think this is actually a good course for Henley. If I had any, you know, faith that he was that he could win an event, which I, you know, it's obviously tough to count on that. But I mean, he's he definitely good he's last definitely week. back, right? Like he's back to what he does best. Like once, and like you say, we we kind of seen a couple of these false dawns. We're potentially going to see that with. Um, Victor Hovland, we've seen it with a couple of other people recently. Like when someone comes back and is doing exactly what you you want from them, then you kind of have to notice. And his ball striking has been absolutely perfect. Um, weird record here, like two made cuts, two missed cuts, seventh and twenty seventh. So it he hasn't played it since the the field strength's got a little bit better, which would maybe put me off a little bit. But um, 
not enough to, to rule him out. I think I think just if you're looking for a pure ownership play, I would take Hatton over him. But if you're if you're looking for some solidity, I, I like Russell Henley. Yeah, and I think part of that could be just like when he's um, in form, he plays well everywhere. You know, for the most part, everywhere. And of course, that suit him. But when he's not in form, he kind of gets really down for a while. So I think for him, you know, just the fact that he's showing it, you know, I wouldn't play him here if he wasn't showing it. But his ball strike in the last two weeks, I mean. 5.2 in approach, then 7.8 in approach. He led the field in approach last week, and he gained 2.8 off the tee as well. So I just think he's super reliable and super safe in this range because he doesn't have to make a bunch of putts. Uh, he, he, the score's not going to get out of control. He just has to hit greens in regulation, which he's been doing. Aaron Wise, his approach numbers are a little bit concerning. He was 80th in the field last week. I didn't look at whether that was kind of like one really bad... Uh, round that kind of caused that or not uh, probably something I'll look at just while we're talking here but it seems like a really good course fit if things like Mike Ober and that to be believed yeah it, it could be I'm not I tend to not really play him all that much um, I'm not I'm not a huge Aaron Wise guy and I know there's a lot of people out there who are so I'm not going to play him um, and for me it's like it seems like he plays well in these weaker field events I don't remember him really contending in um a uh, really good event. I could be missing one, but I, I, I would just rather play the other two he guys. Played, he, played rec- he played well recently. Was it the US Open he played well at? Was it like a top 12 finish there, potentially? Um, that's I ha- right, yeah. I, ha- I hate this new uh, OWGL website. For anyone that's going to be jumping on that at some point this evening, you're going to hate it. Uh, second at the Memorial was, was pretty decent. Uh, I'm just going to kind of look. This is the other thing as well. It, it finds it very, very difficult uh, to see their best performances. You can't just scroll to the bottom of the page now. There's a whole new tab. So for people that, that like us, that like to use the OWGL website, uh, you're going to be a little bit frustrated. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough because he's had uh, a sixth place finish in the British Stone Invitational in 2018. He was fifth at the CJ Cup. He had a decent event. Fifth at the Northern Trust, which is this is obviously replaced. So he's had some top fives in decent tournaments. 17th for the Masters, 17th for the PGA. So he's had some good stuff, but... Yeah, I think he is probably a lower-grade bully, if you like. Um, and I, I just worry that those approach numbers were terrible all week last week. So that could be something to keep in mind. Yeah, lost 3.4 in approach. That's that's really bad. And, and it was uh, and every round. Yeah, every yeah every round. And he's really good off the tee, and that kind of makes up for it. But I wonder if this is the best fit for him off the tee. Um, did you say he's played well here in the past? Hasn't played. Okay. Yeah. So uh, for me, I'll, I'll just go Hatton. You can you can get some some guys play well here on the debut. There's actually a, a bunch of guys that have done so. Uh, but possibly one of my favourites, definitely in the seven k range. I really like Seamus Power. If if the if the golf courses um, that we're linking are to be you know are to be believed, um, and there is a little bit of hesitancy with that because you know there's such a difference in field strength and things like that. But you know. Sony Open, Mike Ober and RSM have come up and shown some crossover in the past. He's finished third at the Sony 11th at the Mike Ober and fourth at the RSM this season alone. Um, go back to before he was kind of what he is now. Um, I don't think he's kind of an elite player by any means, but he's certainly picked up his game this season. He was 27th uh, on debut here in 2017 and 12th uh, in 2018, which is a really good return and something that suggests he likes a golf course. And just the way he's playing, like I know he missed the cut at the, at the Open Championship, but I don't necessarily think he's a 
particularly strong links player. Um, he was 30th for the Irish Open when there was a little bit of pressure on him to, to play well. And you just look, 25th at the Travellers was solid, 12th for the US Open was great, 9th for the PGA was great. Um, I just really like what he's done at those events that kind of cross over. Yeah, I love him. He's one of my favorite plays on the board. Uh, and I was actually shocked when I saw that his ownership isn't going to be really that high. You know, maybe it comes in higher than it seems like it's going to right now, but five six percent and you know even higher than that i'm perfectly fine with it i think there's a great golf course for him I, I i highly considered betting him to win i don't think he can win this event in this field but i do think he can um get in the top 10 i did actually i bet a top 10 at nine to one which i like a lot i uh i'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of his fit for this course so i'm definitely playing him i guess it's because you've got Pendrith and Connors either side of him at the same price is, is what's kind of taking the ownership away. And, and I do really like Taylor Pendrith. I think it, it could be a good good event for him. I do worry about the course fit, though. Like If you talk about those events that kind of just brought up, like he was terrible at the Mike Over. He missed the cut opening of a 76. He was uh, 26th at the RSM, but then missed the cut at the Sony. Like If they are to be believed, then that is a concern for him. Uh, don't necessarily expect him to play well about Colonial and stuff that's been mentioned as well. So... I like him as a as a kind of flyer at 120 in terms of betting, but don't particularly like him DraftKings. Right, especially he's going to be popular. My concern with him is his best proximity has been with these wedges. Like we saw at um, at the Rocket, he was you know he bombed it and then he had like 80, 90 yards in. Last week he bombed it, he had like 120 yards in. This week I think he's going to play a little bit differently. I think it's going to be more mid irons, and I know he's long, which can shorten that a bit. But we saw when he was in contention at the Rocket on Sunday, when he had to hit a 150, 160-yard shot, he couldn't really get it close. So I don't love this course as much as some others, like we talked about. I wanted to bet him at the Sanderson and all these other places. But, yeah, for me, I, I just think he's playing really well, which is great. And he could, he, He's talented enough to overcome what I think is not the best course fit. But yeah. for me, I'd rather play somebody else. I find it quite tough when we get down to the bottom here because I think that there's going to be some guys like Stallings is obviously playing well, JT Poston's playing well, they're going to get their kind of picks, Thigala especially, like they're going to be guys that people click on. But what do you make of Alex Noren this season? Like it's been a really weird season, I think, a bit sparing on, on kind of where he's been playing. I mean, he was second at the Barracuda, um, which you'd expect him to kind of contend in. He was 30th at the Scottish Open, he likes Lynx Golf, so I don't want to put too much stock in that. And then you have to kind of go back to... Um, you know, the Byron Nelson for when he was 12th. But I just think it's a good course for him. It, it could be. It seems to me every time he's been popular, he's really kind of let people down. He's not going to be that popular this week. Yeah. And I do think he's relatively safe. Um, I do like the course fit. But he's just not for me. I, I don't like playing him, and I, I probably won't play him here. So on his debut here, he was fourth after 54 holes and then shot a 73 in a final round to finish 12th. Like... Just it just kind of stood out to me like just I guess it's because he was second recently and then twelfth on the course form that it kind of just stood out. Um, but other than that, there's there's not too much to it. Ches Reevy, um, I really like and people that look at the course form, including the um, FedEx and Jude Classic back in the day, uh, are probably going to like that as well. He hasn't played as well since he got that win in in a lower grade, but his ball striking still been pretty solid during that time. And when you look at his like course like history here it's it's absolutely ridiculous it's like seven starts six made cuts three top six finishes and one of those was in this uh grade when it was a wgc he was third at the 36 hole stage and he was 27th here um on on the first year of it being a wgc as well so i think really and truly like he's basically hovers around the top 20 every time he plays here every single round um so i really like church really as a solid 
uh, part of your lineup. I like him too. I think he's relatively safe considering what we've seen from him at the course. Um, and if you look at you know what we talked about earlier in terms of guys who are good ball strikers who maybe can't putt that play well here, he's obviously exactly what he is. So uh, he hits greens and regulations uh, at a high clip. He, uh, yeah, so I like him. I want to play him too. A little bit popular, but not not more popular than Stallings, which I think Stallings. I mean, eventually he's going to run out of gas and he's going to you know not play well. So this might be the week for that. I think Stallings is one of those classic ones, not quite in the ilk of someone like Shane Lowry, but someone that really needed to take advantage of that window of, of where they've been playing well and hasn't done. And I don't see that necessarily coming here. So I think when you look at the past kind of leaderboards, there's only really one really surprising player um, inside the top 10 or so. Um, it's, you know, it's like Tom Lewis shot a 60 here in or 61 two years ago. And you get you get the odd player like Ches Reeby would be one of them uh, with that six-play finish. But I don't think you get too many shocks. Um, and I wouldn't want to rely on that either. Yeah, I agree. And there's another one real, um, that I think people are going to be playing a lot is Cam Davis, who, for me, there's just too much water on this course. I mean, he he's going to if there's blow up places for him to, you know, like, and then that's the reason why he um, you know, had a tough time a couple of weeks ago. He was like one of the best players in the field all week, but he just couldn't avoid that huge mistake. And there's so many places to make mistakes on this course that I don't trust him. I opened with a 68 here last year and then shot 72, 73, 72 to finish 60th, which in the WGC is basically last i'd have thought um so yeah i, I don't necessarily trust him either uh you know the the, the numbers are going to suggest that he's a good play um and that's fine if, if you want to go just to the, by the numbers i absolutely get it but i think at some point as you've kind of pointed to a couple of times like you do have to consider this is probably a completely different course to what we've played recently uh, and i think as well you have to keep in mind the difference in the field strength at this golf course five years ago as opposed to now yeah uh, yeah absolutely is there anyone else in the 7k that you think is of note i mean brendan Steele is going to get some some interest Steele seems popular but not quite as popular as i thought he was going to be i mean if you look at uh the rankings here and i have a dfs piece out where he just is in the top and everything in the important stats he's third in approach um Sorry, he's fifth in approach, third in ball striking, and first in greens and regulations in his last 24 rounds. I mean, those stats are just absolutely ridiculous, and I think it's going to lead people to play him. 10% isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, I think this is a nice course for him. I, I, I'll i probably play a little bit of him. I find it really weird that it's been so long since he played here, and when he did play here, he missed two cuts, but I think he's such a volatile player. Like He was inside the top 20 on his debut after round one, like, I think the way he's playing and the fact that it's been so long that he played here, you can just kind of turn that course form around. So you think you're going to play him? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll have him in there. I think he's definitely someone that is considered. I think when you look at the other guys in 7K, I think there's a lot more question marks around them, whereas I think he's a little bit safer. Um, so yeah, I think he's worth playing. It's, I think I think Noren's the guy at this range. I think Noren and Steele and Reavy are the kind of three that I'd be targeting don't necessarily think I want to get too involved in any of the other guys around here. Yeah, probably not. How about Grillo coming off that good performance? See, Grillo was the first name that I kind of looked at uh, as we find ourselves. Oh, he's still in 7 I thought he was 6K. Um, it should be a good golf course for him, right? Like, if you think about, again, like Mike Over, that's something that's kind of worked out for him in the past. Never played here, so really tough to know uh, whether it will suit him. But second to John Deere, second to 3M Open, um, 28th at the, at the RBC Canadian. 
it worries me that he hasn't played those golf courses well that you'd expect him to earlier in the season, but I guess he maybe just couldn't overcome what was probably a really bad ball striking year for the first half. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm probably not going to play him just because I'm embracing some chalk in some other spots with Sungjae and Zalatoris and some, some of these guys. I don't, I don't really want to play the guys everyone's playing down here. And last week and the last couple of weeks, what's worked out well for me is I'm playing guys who I think are going to play well up top, and then down here you got to just be a little bit different. Like last week I played Robert Streb. Nobody played him. He got through the cut and ended up finishing in like 25th. Like I think you've got to identify those type of guys if you want to place highly in these GPPs. Yeah, let's, let's head into the 6K range then. Um, obviously ownership's never going to get too wild in this kind of 6K range, especially with the players that you're going to like. So just straight off the bat, um, really like Taylor Moore, really like Alex Smalley again. There's going to be no surprise to people that have been listening in recent weeks. Uh, Steven Yeager has been hitting the ball well. I uh, don't know if necessarily it's the best golf course for him, but those three guys kind of sprung to mind straight away. Yeah, I, I like to more play. I actually, I know I haven't started over here, but looking like 8% at 6,800, which is a little high for me. And I, I would kind of just fade him and hope he doesn't play well, even though I do, I do agree that he's a good fit and he definitely could play well. Um, Brandon Wu is, you know, playing almost just as well. Yeah. But, but he's only 2%, which I'm a little confused by. So I think I would play him. And then my favorite play down here is Anabarn Lahiri, who is no one's playing him, which I'm shocked by. I thought he's going to be super popular down here. He gained like 13 strokes ball striking last week. <laughs> it's just wild, isn't it, for someone like that, of that stand? I mean, back to kind of Taylor Moore just quickly. I mean, I, I took a lot of encouragement from his RSM finish earlier in the season. Uh, Brandon Wu, we kind of spoke about last week of, of whether you were going to be back in on him or not. Um, and he kind of deteriorates after a fast start, but it was still pretty solid. And yeah, I think those guys are both pretty good. And then you come on um, to Lahiri, like it's, I don't know what happened with Lahiri. Like, has he gone off the boil and just had a good week last week with the ball striking and, and taken advantage of it? Or is it a case of he just needs the right course? It's a good question. I mean, it could be a blip, um, but you know, he was great at the players. And actually, we liked that as a course comp last week, if I don't, if I remember. Um, but he, he lost four-point strokes putting, and he hasn't been putting well, but he usually puts better than that. Uh, but he's had some good performances in, in good fields this year, right? He was sixth at Wells Fargo, second at the Players. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play him. I just, I'm gonna play him and hope that the ball striking's back again. And I think he's, a, you know, when he's on, I think he's kind of in a different class than some of these players here. And I'm not saying like, you know, Taylor Moore definitely would probably be better than him at some point, but I, yeah, like. I trust him that he can actually get into the top 10 and it wouldn't shock anybody. No, I agree with that. I think it is. I think you do, you see likes of him. I think someone like a Johnny Vegas, a Ryan Palmer, those guys, when you see them on the first page of leaderboard, they don't necessarily look out of place even if they're not consistent, right? I think that is, that is the main thing. But I think once you get down here, it gets really tough and really hard. I know, obviously, people want to hear who we do like in the range, but it would feel a little bit fraudulent to feel really strongly about people down here when I don't have a huge amount of intention of spending too much time down this range. Yeah, I got I got two more. Uh, sorry, three more that I'm actually playing. Yeah. So maybe I do I do like this range. <laughs> I, I like I like Lahiri a lot. Merritt, who isn't you like Merritt, going someone you? under the radar, and his last I do, and <laughs> it's worked out for me. Right, his last two yeah. times I played him, 14th at the Rocket, right, which is at 7500, which is gonna you know get you there every single time. He's coming off two weeks where he gained 8.5 strokes ball striking and 7.1 strokes ball striking back-to-back starts. 
and I think he has a little he has some decent course history back when this was a a regular event. He's got a second and a twelfth um, here. Um, I, can, I can find it real quick, actually. Um, yeah, he's he's got a second and twelfth place finish here before. Yeah, and twelfth was his most recent. So I don't see why you can't play him at that at that price at all. I, I like it actually a lot. And the other one um, is Ryan Palmer, who he's definitely a boomer bust play because he's he's dangerous. But he's another one, like you said, if he gets in the top ten, no one's going to be shocked by that. And he has course history as well. He was fourth year back, you know, a while ago. But then the last two years, he was fifteenth and twenty sixth when it was a WGC. Yeah, third and fourth a while ago, back to back years, and fifteenth and twenty sixth, like you say, when it was a WGC. And another guy who, for some reason, I don't know if it's just because they both start with T, uh, and both, well, they're both TMs. I sometimes just can't disassociate Trey Mullinax from uh, Troy Merritt. Um, but he's another guy, Mullinax, who's finished 18th and 6th here uh, in the past. And we've kind of, you know, recently, he's still not tailed completely off from that win. Like, he played well at the Open Championship, played okay at the Rocket Mortgage. Ball striking hasn't been as good, but I think he's a decent player, 6,500. Yeah, I, I think he's he's pretty good. But I like so many guys here, I'm probably not going to play him. Yeah. Um, and the last one I like is Andrew Putnam. Second and 24th here in his last two times he played here. So second and 24th. And then last week, I played him last week, and he played he played good. I think he finished in maybe the top 30, but he, no one's playing him either. Yeah, 11th and 27th his last two starts, and he shot around a 64 in third round last week and fourth round at the 3M. So actually, he's a guy that, I mean, I again, I think he was a guy I chased at the start of the season trying to get a victory. Maybe not even chased. I think maybe there was just one event I was really keen on him. I think it might have been the Amex. Um, the approach numbers haven't been amazing but I don't think Putnam's a guy that you necessarily rely on stats wise, I think he just gets hot at times and can have one or two hot rounds where those 64s have come out and really and truly we've seen with like Tom Lewis, you can do basically nothing all week and then shoot a 61, 62 here. Like that is a golf course that it can happen on um, and Putnam's definitely in that kind of range I think at 6Ks Yeah and the um, last two I looked at was Chesson Hadley, I mean he, his price went down a lot from last week, and last week he was great. Maybe it just wind him because, you know, we tried playing him two weeks ago. It didn't work. Last week it did, and we said go back to him at the spot where he actually did it last year, which was the wind him. Yeah. And he did it again last year. So it's tough not to look at him at 6,400 and think he could, you know, keep this hot streak going. He's really into it. He's, it just seems like he cares a lot about getting in, uh, getting through this. Not that that always translates, but for him, for him it seems it does seem to translate. 13th here on his debut as well so it's not like it, it would be completely out of the out of the blue to happen um yeah i like it i think i think that's probably about everyone that i, I really want to have an opinion on um otherwise i think you, you can take some chances i mean people like a spawn people like a fratelli if he plays it a different way um you know doug gim just seems to shoot low round 6200 like there's guys here but none that i'd feel really confident about Hasn't uh, hasn't Kurt Kitayama showed up in some of these strong field events? And probably in this type of event as well. Let's have a look. 20th uh, in his last start. He's another interesting one, Kitayama. I think like I think it benefits him if the wind got up a little bit. And that's one thing I would say about those kind of course comps of like Sony and, and things like that. Like there's not going to be a bunch of wind here. It's just going to be on day one. It might be on day two. There's a little bit on Friday. So he's finished third at the Honda, second at Mexico, 15th at the Wells Fargo, second at the Scottish Open, 20th at the Rocket Mortgage. He's a, he's one that we don't necessarily know what he likes, I don't think. But I think he's a guy that can just play well at any point. Like His talent just takes over at times. Um, 
probably needs another two or three years on tour to really establish what it is that he wants. Yeah, he, I think he's a low floor, high ceiling guy. You never know what you're going to get, but if he, if he shows up, he can he can win you one of these things. Yeah, I think so. It, Mark Leishman is that guy that has been linked with Liv with Cameron Smith, and I know he's not in the best of form right now, but do you think someone like him can just kind of turn it around? And He's just sitting there at 6-9. It seems cheap for Mark Leishman. Yeah, it is cheap, but I don't know if I can take the bait. He's been horrible, and you know the problem is when he gets into trouble is because he sprays it. And yeah. You can't spray it here. No, it's just weird because like, he finished third here on his debut uh, in 2019. He shot a third round 63. Came back the following year, finished 52nd, which is probably what he's going to do right now. Um, and then he shot a 65 to open last year. So maybe just, I, I guess he's not playing well enough. Uh, but I think he's a guy that people like to go to. Yeah, they they might. But um, I, I like Leishman a lot. I think he's uh, you know a really good good player. And I think people are going to, if he does go to live, people are going to say, oh, who, care, who cares about Mark Leishman? But... I think he's he's a a gamer and a good player and I I like and he has a lot of good golf left in front of him so I don't I don't think you can dismiss him like that as the side you know the sidekick to Cam Smith. I think um, a lot of people are gonna run out of being able to say I don't <laughs> like that guy anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like eventually there's gonna be someone that's gonna upset you that's gone. Um, I don't think maybe Mark Leishman's that person to change that, but a Ricky Fowler or Cameron Smith or someone Hideki like. It's going to happen. So, um, from a separate note, at some point, golf is going to go mental again. And it feels like it's bubbling under. Um, but let's look at our favourite plays then. Uh, above the 10k range for you? I may or may not be going there, but if I had to pick one, I would say Cantley. Yeah, I think it's Cantley for me as well. It was Cameron Smith until the kind of news broke. Uh, 9k range. 9k for me is, is definitely fits. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tony Fee now at the similar price of 9.7. I think we're both hot on Sungjae in the 8K range. Yes, yep, Sungjae. Uh, Seamus Power, I think, probably for both of us as well in the 7Ks. Yeah, and I like Hatton at 78 as well. So, yeah, if you go Power and Hatton, I will go Power and Reavy, I think, in a 7K. Uh, 6K, I'm just going to stick with my guy, Taylor Moore, for now. 6K, I will be going Lahiri, but I'm going to be playing Lahiri, Merritt, Palmer, and Putnam. So those are four for you guys who come looking for those type of plays. Yeah, if, if I, would, I would echo the, the Palmer thing. And for some reason, Trey Mullinax just seems to have impressed me recently. I don't know what he's going to do and when it's going to run out, but uh, probably in the first week of the playoffs. But Matt, I think that's a well-summarized, um, I, I keep you know going to call it a WGC, but it's, you know, it's a FedEx Cup playoff event now. Um, this has had many iterations. TPC Southwind is the only thing that's been constant during this whole time. Um, but it's good. I enjoyed it, and uh, I look forward to breaking down the next couple in the FedEx as well. All right, let's finish the year strong. Thanks, Matt.